You are listening to the Fur Road Christian Church Podcast. Our mission is to love God and love people. For more information about Fur Road, visit furroadcc.org. That is F-I-R-R-O-A-D-C-C.org. Now for this week's message. That we can clearly see what, what Satan is trying to, to do against us. Help us to have eyes to see. Let's pray. And then let's pray for wisdom to, to be able to stand up against the, the devil's schemes. We see these things. Okay, God, help me. Help me to stand up against those. And then let's pray for, for spiritual breakthroughs in, in those areas that are holding us back. Okay, maybe it's a, a certain sin that you've struggled with for years, or maybe it's just this barrier that, to your relationship with God. Let's just pray for, for breakthroughs in those areas. And let's pray for others uh, th- that you know are struggling. Let's intercede on the behalf of others. Let's thank God that, that He is on our side. We have so much to be thankful for. Father, as we come before you today, we think about this subject. That, that's a hard topic. And it's hard to even fully grasp and understand these things that that your word says are out there, but we can't see them with our eyes. And so help us to be aware, um, to be able to handle them in a healthy way. And I thank you that you have given us the weapons and the tools to be able to fight these battles. Thank you that you are all powerful, that you are so much more powerful than Satan. And that we can draw on your strength. I just pray for just the different struggles that, that people have lifted up today, uh, that you'll just help them, give them strength to fight, even when they don't have their own strength sometimes. Thank you for being with us through everything, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So thanks again for joining us today. I uh, love you guys, and, and God bless. Hi guys. Hey, it's good to be back. Uh, if you didn't know, I had the chance to go to Alaska wa- last week with my son. Uh, we had a great time. Man, great reminder uh, of just how beautiful God's creation is. Uh, here's a picture from the, the top of a mountain that I climbed with Caleb. Uh, about killed me getting to the top of it, uh, <laughs> literally, but it, it was worth it. I was sore, but but we made it. And so Man, it was great. So if, if you ever get a chance to go to Alaska, I would recommend it. God's beauty is everywhere. 
So that's where I was last week. Well, we're beginning a, a new series today that I, I'm excited about, but also maybe a little nervous about. Uh, over the next eight weeks, we'll cover some areas that, that make me a little uncomfortable to talk about, to be honest, but I think they're important to talk about. Uh, we'll be talking about a lot of stuff that we can't really see with our eyes. And so since we can't see it, we need to really rely on what God's Word tells us to help us better understand it. And in fact, I, I'm going to throw a lot of scripture at you during this series because I, I want to make sure this is all about what God says, not about what Dan says or what anybody else says. And so the series is called Supernatural, Discover the Unseen World. And uh, actually, I think it'd be a good idea to pray before we even start this series, because I feel like we need God's protection over us as, as we talk about these things. So let's pray to start. Lord, we come before you, and, and uh, I pray that you will just help us to, to learn what you want us to learn, and, and uh, just to help us to work through some of these things that are tough, and, and help us to grow through this. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so the word supernatural in its broad sense, is, is something that, that can be explained by, that can't be explained by natural law. Really, anything that cannot be explained by natural law. In, it, in other words, it's outside the laws of, of nature. And, and there are all kinds of TV shows and, and movies and books dealing with the supernatural. Tons of things. You know, we seem to have this fascination with the supernatural. And, in fact, there was a TV show uh, maybe some of you watched it, called Supernatural. It actually started in 2005 on the Warner Brothers Network. It ran for 327 episodes, just ending last year in November of 2020. It's all about hunting down demons and ghosts and, and monsters, and, and people just eat that stuff up. They really do. And, and you know, there are tons of, of superhero movies. There's always good versus evil. Maybe you have a favorite superhero uh, superheroes often have a, a trait that make them super. For example, you know, Superman is the, the most obvious one. He's, he has amazing strength and, and uh, good old Superman and just can't help but, but do good in the world. Uh, one of my favorite superheroes is the Incredible Hulk, uh, probably because there, there was an Incredible Hulk TV show when I was growing up, and it's fun to watch this regular guy, you know, just burst out of his clothes and turn into the Hulk, but so who are some of your favorite superheroes? You can just say it uh, right there. Um, so, you know, a lot of superhero movies are, are feel-good type movies. Uh, in the end, things turn out well. Good, um, you know, is wins over evil. Many supernatural type movies, though, are, are really scary movies and dark and, and maybe you like those scary movies. I, I really don't. Um, but did you know that, that somebody went through a list and, and actually ranked 820 supernatural-type movies? 820, okay? And, and guess what the top five on, on their list was? This is just a, a random. But their first one was The Shining, okay? Uh, second one was Ghostbusters. Hey, remember that? Who are you going to call Ghostbusters? Uh, then The Exorcist. Uh, the fourth one was From Dusk Till Dawn. I don't know much about that one. The fifth one was A, a Nightmare on Elm Street. Remember Freddy Krueger? Uh, so Hollywood definitely plays on our fascination with the supernatural. But here's the thing. So th this idea of supernatural is all around us, and it, it's hard to avoid it, but I think it's good 
to have a biblical filter to sort through the things that we see and the things that are happening all around us because if we don't, we're kind of left to just the imagination of Hollywood. And, and that's, you know, you're in trouble if that's the only thing you're getting your information from. So to kick off our series on, on the supernatural, we're going to talk today about the subject of spiritual warfare. Okay, we'll be dealing with this idea that there is a spiritual battle going on that we cannot see with our eyes. Okay, this isn't just something we talk about or, or watch movies and TV shows about. There is a very real battle going on between good and evil. And, and we can choose to ignore it and act like it isn't happening, but the Bible tells us that it is real. And so I think it's a good idea to, to try to understand it as best we can and to prepare for it. Now, I do think that in dealing with the supernatural, we need to be careful about extremes, okay, one way or the other. Um, you know, one extreme is that, you know, Satan and his demons are everywhere and in everything, and you beca- become so focused on the demonic world that, that everything seems to be demonic, and almost to an unhealthy point, uh, anything bad that happens is Satan's fault, when sometimes it's just stuff that happens or it's our, our own doing. You know, an accident may have happened because somebody wasn't paying attention to the road, okay? They were texting and driving. Uh, it's a choice they made. Um, on the other extreme, there's a danger in saying that Satan is, is nowhere, okay? Sometimes we just kind of joke about Satan. We don't really consider him a, a real threat. The, the famous Christian writer C.S. Lewis spoke about this when he said this. When speaking about the reality of Satan in demonic activity, the danger is always twofold. To put way too much emphasis or way too little. Okay, so I, I, I think we have to keep a healthy balance when, when thinking about these two extremes. But we do need to keep in mind as we enter into the study that, that there are two different worlds. Th- there's this physical world and there's a, a spiritual world. Okay, Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4 when he says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Okay, Paul's saying that, that when nations go to battle, they, they use swords and, and shields and, and weapons that, that bring physical harm. That's the kind of weapons we're used to. Uh, of course, today there's much more advanced weapons. We have drones and, you know, I don't know, all kinds of sophisticated weapons. But, but as Christians, we fight a war that is much deeper and more significant than any physical war that ever could be fought. Okay, and we need to use different kinds of weapons, spiritual weapons, because they're two very different worlds. Last week, Caleb and I went on a, a glacier and, and wildlife cruise in Alaska, and, and one of the things that we're hoping to see was whales. And we knew that they, they were, were somewhere in the area uh, under the water, but we couldn't see them unless they came to the surface near us. And, and we did end up getting to see both orca whales and, and humpback whales, and it was really cool. Okay, magnificent creatures. But there is a whole unseen world underneath the surface of the water there. There is a world above the water and a world below the water. And, and just like there is a, a world above the water that we can see and below, below the water, this world that we can't see, there is a spiritual world that, that we can't see with our eyes. And Paul says that we have to fight the world that, that is unseen. But it's a different kind of battle. And, and just like there are a lot of things under the water in the ocean that are dangerous and could seriously harm you or kill you, there, there's an unseen enemy that wants to take you down, okay? And, and just ignoring the enemy, enemy just doesn't 
magically make him go away. Okay, the classic passage dealing with spiritual warfare in the New Testament is Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. And this is the armor of God passage. And, and I would encourage you guys to read through this whole passage this week and, and remind yourselves of, of what it takes to fight this battle. Um, we're not going to read the whole passage, but it, it tells us the, the kinds of weapons that, that we need to fight with. Things like the, the belt of truth and, and the breastplate of righteousness and, and the shield of faith and, and the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit and, and prayer and, and all these things are so important. Look at verse 12 from that passage because it explains very clearly what's going on here. It says this, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Okay, so the struggle is, is against all these dark forces. The word struggle uh, here literally was a word that was used to, at that time for hand-to-hand combat. Okay, that's how it's being described here. It's kind of like our extreme fighting that we now we have where you battle a guy and, and, until somebody taps out. But we are in a battle where you will need the full armor of God in order to compete with those powers of the dark world. Okay, we can't do it on our own, and the time to prepare for it is now, so you can be ready when the attack comes. Okay, I apologize now, but, but I am sure I'm going to be using a lot of Alaska illustrations <laughs> in the coming weeks. Um, but one of the things that we did was to take a bus tour through the, the Denali National Forest, and we got to see uh, two bull moose while we were on the tour, and, and they are just amazing animals. And so that was really cool. But we passed this one big clearing where the guide on, on our bus told us that every October, a whole bunch of bull moose come to that place. It's like the, the fighting grounds where they battle for supremacy. And, and they literally go head to head with, with antlers just kind of crunching together as they collide and, and and often as they fight you know one or or both of the antlers are, are broken and, and that if that happens that ensures defeat okay the the heftiest moose with the the largest and, and strongest antlers triumphs but here's the thing the battle fought in the fall it, it's really won during the summer when, when the the moose they just eat continually and the one that consumes the, the best diet for growing antlers and, and gaining weight is probably going to be the, the, the heavyweight in the fight. And, and those that eat, eat inadequately, they have the, the weaker antlers and, and less bulk. When you think about this, I, I think there's a, a spiritual lesson here for us. Spiritual battles await all of us. Okay, Satan will choose a season to attack. Okay, it's going to happen. So the question is, will we be victorious or will we fail? And, and a lot depends on, on what we do now, okay, before the wars begin. The, so the bull moose principle to follow here is this. Enduring faith, strength, and wisdom for trials are best developed before they're needed. Okay, let me say that again. Enduring, fa- enduring faith, strength, and wisdom for trials are best developed before they're needed. Okay, now is the time to prepare for those battles. There's lots of ways to do that. One of the things we can do to prepare is to have a better understanding of what Satan's trying to do. And so we need to understand the enemy. So I want to look at some things that that are kind of Satan's main agenda, things he tends to do. And so here's some things that Scripture tells us that Satan wants us to do. First of all, he wants to blind the minds of unbelievers. 
Okay, listen to, to 2 Corinthians 4, 4. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory, displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Okay, th- this phrase, God of this age, is one of the many names that is used to describe Satan in the Bible. If you're lost, he wants you to stay lost. Okay, he doesn't want you to experience the joy of Christ. He, he wants to confuse things. Hey, have you ever known somebody that you thought was getting close to making a decision for Christ and, and something just kind of happens and, and they back away? They stop going to church or they, they stop talking about spiritual things. And, and I think that can be Satan just trying to, to blind them and confuse them. He doesn't want that to happen. He doesn't want them to experience the glory of Christ. You know, Christianity is often painted with a, a really negative picture in the U.S. today. And sometimes Christians have contributed to that image. Um, and that's not good. But I think a, a lot of it also has to do with Satan doing his very best to confuse things, to, to plant those seeds of negativity. Satan wants to blind the, the minds of unbelievers. Another part of Satan's agenda is to, to make the ugly look beautiful. Okay, Satan has a way of making things look good that really aren't good. Okay, he has a way of, of putting lipstick uh, on a pig, so to speak. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen says, And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Okay, he has a way of making sin look good. He, he sucks us in sometimes without us even knowing it. For example, you know, ladies, that, that guy at work, he, he's so sweet, he, he's so affectionate, he, he really connects with you. He's, he's much more understanding than your husband. It just seems right. But it's not. That's Satan masquerading as an angel of light. Or, or Mary, m- married men, that, that lady on Facebook, you, you knew her from high school. And, and as you've reconnected with her, you, you found that she just really understands you and, and just seems so perfect. Maybe, maybe you were meant to be together. It just seems right. I'm telling you it's not. Those are lies that the enemy is trying to feed you. Uh, Sometimes you can't trust your emotions. Satan masquerades as something good when he's not. When an English robber called uh, Captain Thunderbolt escaped the law and and moved to the eastern U.S. in 1818, he began practicing medicine. Uh, He wasn't really a doctor. He was just faking it. But he took on the name Dr. John Wilson. Often he wore three suits of clothes to escape recognition by making himself look larger and covering up a deformed leg. Just before the man died, he asked his friends to bury him without removing his clothes. But to prepare his body for proper burial, that request could not be honored. The mortician was surprised to find scars from wounds and a withered leg. A search of Dr. Wilson's house revealed a stash of watches, jewelry, and diamonds. Okay, the sheriff learned that the doctor was in fact Thunderbolt, a thief in disguise. That's what Satan is. He's a thief in disguise. He masquerades as an angel of light. And Satan also tries to steal God's word from us. Um, At the beginning, I I said I I was going to use a lot of scripture in in this series, and, and that's because we need God's word to fight this battle. But Satan actually, he wants to snatch God's word from us. Okay, he doesn't want us to know it. He doesn't want us to remember it or understand it. He wants us to think it's not important. Listen to Matthew 13, 19. This is from the, the parable of the sower. 
When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Okay, I've seen so many people who have heard the message of Jesus, but you know it never took root, or the, the roots were not very deep. And, and just nothing really happens with their faith. And that's because Satan wants to try and snatch those seeds away before the roots have a chance to grow deeper. Because he knows that once those roots grow deeper, he's in trouble. Okay, and one of the best ways to make our roots grow deeper is, is by reading and studying God's word. In, in Psalm 119.11, David writes about how important it is to get God's word just deep inside our hearts. When he says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Man, that's so important. Just get that word deep in our hearts. And it doesn't mean you will never sin if, if you know God's word well, but it sure helps to have that weapon to help fight the battle. Okay, it will help us to, to put up that, that shield of faith and so we can uh, reject or deflect Satan's arrows. One time I, I played paintball and, and I went with a, a group of people that we none of us had really played paintball very much and, and didn't really know what we're doing. And so uh, we went out there, and, and they decided to put us against this other team who was pretty much professional paintball players, whatever. They were like soldiers. They, were, they had all their camo gear on. They had their, their faces painted, and, and, you know, they were serious about this. They had signals and all these things. And, and, and so we start this, and, and I'm hiding behind this thing. And I remember just <laughs> I was down here, and I peeked my head up. And right when I did that, somebody just shot a paintball right at my forehead and it just exploded on my face and went over my goggles and, and I couldn't see anything. And uh, yeah, we, we were in trouble. There was no way. We were not equipped to win that battle and we didn't. Um, God's word helps us equip us, you know, to win the battle against Satan. Because he's trying to, to steal God's word from us. And then another part of Satan's agenda is he wants to keep us from doing good. Okay, Have you ever noticed that if you're trying to do the right thing, all of a sudden it becomes much harder to do the right thing? Okay, Maybe you're, you're trying to, to leave a party lifestyle and right away there's just all these opportunities to party and, and it's hard. Or you're trying to get out of debt so that you can give more back to God and, and, and all these expenses come up. You know, your car breaks down, the, the air conditioning in your house breaks down, and, and there's this great sale at the mall, and, and it's almost wrong not to take advantage of it. Have you been there? Or you decide that you really want to work in your marriage, and right away you just have this, this huge fight, and, and you wonder, is it worth the trouble of even trying? Maybe you should just give up. You see, Satan wants to keep you from doing the right thing. He, he wants to put these roadblocks in your path. You know, one of the, the constants of, of traveling very far in the summer when you're driving is that, that you're going to come to some road construction, right? And, and we all like to drive on nice roads, but we don't like to be inconvenienced with being slowed down with road construction. And so when we were in Alaska, um, there's kind of one main road that goes uh, north out of Anchorage and one main road that goes south out of Anchorage. And, and there's not a lot of roads in Anchorage because there's mountains everywhere where it's hard to, to build roads. And so 
as we drove, we came across several times where we were slowed down by construction. And it was inconvenient, um, but we were willing to, to put up with those inconveniences to get to the good stuff on the other side because there was all these things that we were planning on doing waiting for us on the other side. Spiritually speaking, we need to be patient through the hard things so that we can get to the good things on the other side because God wants to, to use us to do so many good things. And, and it's why we keep plugging away through the obstacles. It's why we keep doing our, our part to, to serve Christ to the best of our abilities. And then the last part of Satan's agenda is a hard one. Okay, I, I don't even like to bring it up, um, but Satan would like nothing more than to destroy you. Okay, and, and, and there's a verse that, that I really don't like. It's kind of a scary verse. It's 1 Peter 5.8. It says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Okay, I, I don't like that verse very much. <laughs> really, do you? It scares me. This guys, listen up for a minute. You need to know that Satan hates you. Okay, he hates everyone. He wants to devour your marriage. He, he wants to devour your kids. He wants to devour your finances. He wants to destroy your relationship with God. He wants you to be upset with the church. He loves fighting in the church. He wants you to, to think even that life isn't worth living. Satan despises us. And here's the thing. I, I believe that the more we get serious about our faith and, and the more that we allow God to work through Fur Road as a church, the more Satan, the, the more serious Satan will be about kind of turning up the heat on us as well. And it's not fun. And I've seen this happen in my own life many different times. And for example, when I've had special times of prayer in, in, in my campus ministries through the years and in the churches I've been a part of, um, I, I have felt like my family has faced more spiritual attacks. In fact, I would appreciate your prayers during this series because I would expect that Satan doesn't like to be exposed and he will turn things up a few notches. But I want to share some good news with you. Because this seems a little de depressing and scary. So this is really important. Okay, you need to hear this. Okay, I want you to know that God is way more powerful than Satan. Okay, Satan has no power against God. In fact, we're going to see next week that Satan is a fallen angel. He's underneath God. And if you stand strong against Satan through God's power, he has no choice but to run away. Okay, we can't stand up against him on our own for very long, but God can. Here's some reassuring verses. James 4, 7, and 8 says, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Okay, come near to God, and he will come near to you. It's a beautiful promise. And I really like those verses because they reassure me that if I am putting God's power against Satan's power, there is no battle. God... Okay, God wins every time. If you put your own power against Satan's power, personally, you might win for a little bit. But eventually Satan will win. You, you can't do it on your own. But when we give it over to God, he wins every time. But let me re just read you a scripture. It kind of just shows you the kind of power that Satan does have. 
okay? He's, he's not to be taken lightly. First Th- Thessalonians 2, 17 and 18 says, uh, and this is Paul talking, but, but brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. Okay, so, somehow, uh, not sure how, Satan was stopping Paul. And, and he knew without a doubt that it was Satan. He, he was keeping them from, from going, the, going where they wanted to go. You know, maybe you've been stopped by Satan over the years. And, and sometimes maybe didn't even realize it. Maybe your faith has kind of mellowed over the years. And without even realizing it, Satan has stopped you from doing some of the things that you were meant to do for God's kingdom. He put roadblocks in your way, and after a while, you, you stopped even trying to go around them. You just kind of gave up hope. But let's read a couple more verses in this passage. I think they're encouraging. Verse 19 says, For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. Okay, I, I think... Paul is speaking on God's behalf here, and he's saying that as a follower of Jesus, okay, you are God's hope and joy. Don't ever forget that. God thinks you're worth fighting for, even through the roadblocks that Satan's putting up. He loves you that much. But the truth is that there is a very real battle going on right now between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. Our God, the Creator, is waging a spiritual battle against Satan, and they are fighting over us. And like I said, it's scary to think about, but just remember verses like 831, okay? This was our our key verse in our our series earlier in the year called Four, and remember it it just says, if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? That's pretty reassuring, isn't it? That's good news. And in the overall spiritual battle, we know that God wins because Jesus already defeated death and sin at the cross. But that makes Satan mad. He doesn't like that at all. So next week, we're going to try to get a little deeper deeper understanding of Satan and and demons. And and I I don't want to dwell too much on Satan, but I think we need to understand uh, who Satan is and, and kind of get a better grip on that. But, but I want to leave you with one more key factor in doing our part to fight the battle. Uh, on the night that Jesus was arrested, uh, first of all, they, they were still having the Last Supper, and Jesus told Peter um, that he had prayed for him because Satan wanted to take him down. Okay, Jesus knew that. He knew what Satan was trying to do. Listen to what he said to Peter, who is also called Simon. Um, Luke 22, verse 31 and 32. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. Okay, this is called intercessory prayer. Okay, praying for others. And and Jesus prayed for Peter and, and the other disciples. Guys, prayer makes a difference. Okay, prayer for ourselves, prayer for others. Prayer is a huge weapon in, in our battle against Satan. Okay, so that then later on that night, uh, after the, the supper, and this was the night Jesus would be arrested later on, um, but he told the disciples that, hey, you need to pray. 
okay, so that you don't fall into temptation. And, and Jesus went off for a while by himself to pray, but his disciples, they just couldn't stay awake. They kept falling asleep. They just didn't see the urgency that, that Jesus did. They didn't understand what was really going on. Guys, it is urgent that we pray. Okay, prayer is this powerful weapon in the spiritual war that's going on all around us. And, and I hope that you take full advantage of that weapon. If we go back to our, our passage on spiritual warfare in Ephesians 6, remember we talked about uh, 10 through 20. Uh, in verse 18, <coughs> it says this, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Hey guys, it, there isn't a situation that doesn't call for prayer. It's not like, okay, in this situation, pray. In this thing, you do this. No, always. Everything. When you're struggling, pray. When there seems to be no hope, pray. When things are, are going well, just pray. Okay, pray, pray, pray. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. That's what it says. In fact, I think right now uh, would be a, a good time to pray as we close today. So I'm just going to kind of lead us in a little time of prayer. And so I'll kind of give us the thing to pray about, and then we'll just take a minute to pray about it, and I'll move on to the next thing. So let's do that right now. Let's go to God in prayer. First of all, um, Let's pray 